Well, good evening. Welcome to Sunday evening service. We're going to start with hymn sheet number three, Come Thou Fount. We'll sing the first and the last of Come Thou Fount number three. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight for our uh, online service. I heard one pastor say today uh, during his live stream, you know, it's not church. And it's really not. It's not the same. We're not assembled together. So continue to pray, please, that Lord would allow us to be together again uh, as soon as we possibly can. Uh, that other pastor said, you know what? We're, it's, it's also not television. It's not, it's not entertainment. Uh, it's, it's the preaching and teaching of God's word, and it is different. Uh, I had to, <laughs> I don't know, laugh a little bit this week. I called one of the men in the church. He said, hold on a second, pastor. I have to pause you. You're on my TV right now. And I thought, well, that never happened before, Brother Ray. Uh, he was watching uh, one of our services online, and that was, uh, it's neat. It's a wonderful thing that we can do that, but boy, it'll be so much better to be back together again. So uh, pray for our wisdom as we continue to assemble, uh, to craft a plan to do that. I think we're at a point now where it's really just sort of making a decision about the timing of, of when to implement that plan. So please continue to pray in that regard. I also want to just share that uh, it's, uh, today's been a blessing to me. I should say this, the past several days have been a blessing to me. I mentioned some of these things this morning. We had a wonderful online fellowship uh, on Friday night that was a particular blessing. And then some of us were able to be out uh, with all of our safety precautions uh, yesterday morning, uh, sharing the gospel, uh, leaving gospel tracks on, on mailboxes. And uh, that was a blessing. Um, and then... Uh, even <laughs> this afternoon, we've just completed a, an online business meeting. That's the first time we've ever done that, and, uh, you know, it's an unusual thing to do that. And uh, finances aren't necessarily all that exciting to review until we uh, determine and decide to rejoice at God's provision. And we've we just spent a, a nice time together online reviewing the reports and and really marveling and rejoicing at God's abundant provision for uh, the people of this church and, and for this church. Uh, God has provided and people have been faithful to give and, and we're in a wonderful place financially as a result of that. I praise God for that. Uh, I praise God for that. He's worthy of being praised. Let's take a moment and bow our heads and, and thank him for his provision and for his many blessings. Uh, Father, thank you 
We thank you tonight that, that you're a God who's is promised to provide for his people, and you're a God who keeps his promises. Uh, Lord, you're a fount of, of many blessings. Father, tonight we thank you for your blessings, and Father, I praise you tonight uh, for those blessings. Lord, I, I glorify you. I give you uh, credit for blessing the, the people of this church and for blessing uh, this church corporately. Lord, we're, we're a small assembly, but you have blessed us uh, above and beyond. And Lord, I'm grateful. I do take time tonight and thank you for that. Lord, I pray tonight as we sing together a bit that um, we just focus on you, that we'd bow our hearts to you. And Lord, that you would bless us tonight as we sing and uh, focus our attention on you and look into your word just for these next few minutes. I pray that you'd work in our hearts tonight in a special way. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our hymn sheets and go to number 651, Since I Have Been Redeemed, number 651. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last of 651, Since I Have Been Redeemed. I have a song I love to sing since I have been redeemed. Of my Redeemer, Savior, King, since I have been redeemed. Since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in his name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. I have a Christ that satisfies since I have been redeemed to do his my highest price since I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed I will glory in his name since I have been redeemed I will glory in my Savior's name. And the last, I have a home prepared for me since I have been redeemed. Where I shall dwell eternally since I have been redeemed. Since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in his name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. Amen. And we'll turn right over uh, to number 214. Turning our hymn sheets to number 214. Sing the first and the last of all the way my Savior leads me. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whate'er befall me, 
Jesus doeth all things well. And the third, all the way my Savior leads me, oh, the fullness of his love, perfect rest to me is pardoned in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed immortal wings its flights to realms of day, this my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. This my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know, whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. Praise God. Praise God for a Savior who is with us, who leads us, who guides us, who promises to never leave us nor forsake us. We are blessed indeed. Please take your Bible tonight and turn to Psalm 142, Sunday night in the Psalms uh, tonight. We continue uh, through this uh, series of Psalms that seem to be very much related. We've seen, we've seen Psalm 140, Psalm 141, a time of, uh, of turmoil and distress David finds himself in. And we've seen uh, wonderfully his response, uh, his very prayerful and wonderful example of a godly response to difficult trials. And uh, again, these just seem especially well-suited uh, to the time that we are in now. We need to model uh, the response to difficulty that the Lord has laid out through David uh, and using David uh, to pen down these psalms for us. Psalm 142 tonight, it's a short psalm, uh, just seven verses. I'd like to read through it. We'll pray and we'll make some observations, some, some encouraging observations uh, here tonight. Here's the title. Uh, it's Maskeel of David. We'll talk about that word, a prayer when he was in the cave. We'll talk about the cave too. Here's what the, here's what the psalm says. David writes, of course, under inspiration, he writes, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Verse 3, he continues, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. He prays this. He says, In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare or a trap for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Verse 5, he says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. He says in verse 6, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring, verse 7, bring my soul out of prison. See this next phrase, please, that or so that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Bountifully uh, with me. David's uh, prayerful reliance upon the Lord tonight. Let's stop there and pray, please. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful example of uh, a man of God 
crying out to God in the midst of trouble, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of difficulty, trials and tribulations. Uh, Lord, we, like David, may uh, be tempted to feel overwhelmed tonight in the midst of a trial that is continuing on and, and comes with various uh, multifaceted, multi-pronged practical difficulties. Father, we may be tempted to be overwhelmed tonight, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that we can cry out to you tonight when we feel overwhelmed as David did. I pray tonight, Father, that we would get a hold of David's example, and Lord, that again, as we uh, added this morning to our uh, prayer models, that we would take this up as part of our model, part of our uh, habit that we're making of praying, not just praying, but praying according to your word. Lord, praying as you teach us to pray in your word. I pray tonight that we would receive this instruction from you tonight, Lord, in, in these short seven verses. Father, I thank you for the wonderful privilege it is to teach, to preach these things tonight. I pray that those listening would be of a heart and a mind to receive these things and to apply them uh, for your honor and for your glory, for your praise, uh, as David said in verse 7. Lord, be with me now. Help me. Help each hearer of these thy words. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I begin with a question, a question that I guess I alluded to in my prayer. Uh, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Uh, do you ever feel overwhelmed? I'm, I'm looking at Zachary here tonight, one of the few people who's able to be here with me. And uh, I know that there's temptation toward the end of a school year to feel overwhelmed. And we think of Sean and, and the cross ladies and others who are finishing up uh, semesters and finishing up a school year under unusually uh, uh, unusual circumstances, challenging circumstances. There might be a, a temptation to feel overwhelmed. Add in the uh, coronavirus pandemic and all the trial, other trials that come along with that. Uh, add in the trials that you were already going through before the coronavirus pandemic came along. There might be a temptation to feel overwhelmed. Well, David understood that, and no doubt one of the reasons the Lord has uh, for David to, to be penning down this verse, the Lord has for uh, preserving this chapter, I mean to say, for us is that God wants us to know that he understands that at times we feel overwhelmed. Uh, we do find ourselves in situations that are overwhelming. That is a fact. It's a fact of life. It's, it's just part of our reality. Uh, life can uh, come at us very hard sometimes, and we do at times feel overwhelmed. Uh, David did. The Lord understands that, and he's given us here uh, an example uh, a model for what to do when we feel overwhelmed. And of course, it all boils down to this. Uh, what did David do? He cried unto the Lord. He cried unto the Lord. And this is, this is given for our instruction tonight. Now, uh, before we, we get too far, let's not skip over the title. I want you to see the title, uh, Maskeel, uh, Maskeel of David, a prayer when, when he was in the cave. I want you just to be reminded tonight about this word, Maskeel, that's in the title. First, be reminded that the, the title is part of the Hebrew text. It's, I realize it comes before one in our verse numbering system, but uh, these titles are part of the Hebrew text. 
If they're in your Bible, well, they should be in your Bible. Usually they're italicized, but they are part of the text. Please be reminded of that. Uh, this word maskil has the idea of an instructive poem. Uh, and the word really alludes to the idea of instruction or teaching. Uh, the root word is also translated wise and understanding and taught and instructed. Uh, but it brings out the idea that this psalm or song or poem is not just for entertainment. Uh, it's, yes, it's for encouragement, but it's instruction that is intended to be taken up and applied to our life, <coughs> excuse me, particularly when uh, we feel overwhelmed. The Lord has is, is given this to us to instruct us, to grow our knowledge uh, and our understanding. And by the way, that makes this passage tonight a wonderful parallel to what we saw this morning in Ephesians uh, chapter 1. There Paul prayed that the church members at Ephesus would have a, a greater wisdom and knowledge and that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would understand certain things that God had for them, uh, that they could be encouraged as their understanding grew. So uh, th there's a nice parallel here. This psalm is for our instruction. It is for our, our wisdom and knowledge and understanding about how we should respond when we feel overwhelmed. Now think about how you're tempted to respond. Maybe you have bad habits that you fall into uh, when, when you feel overwhelmed. Sometimes there's overeating or indulging in things that we should not do. Uh, some things are maybe sinful things, uh, maybe some things that aren't necessarily sinful but aren't the best choices either. Well, we're, we're learning as believers, as we learn to rely upon the Lord and as we receive instruction from his word, we're learning to put off bad habits and to replace them with God's biblical answer for uh, specific situations. And, and here, again, when we feel overwhelmed. Well, let's just jump in here. I want to just begin moving through the passage here. Uh, David says this is a prayer. Uh, it's a prayer when he was in the cave. Uh, our, our friend Dr. Sorensen notes, specifically, the psalm may have been penned when he was at the cave uh, of Adullam, that's before Samuel 22, or more likely, perhaps, uh, the cave of En Gedi, where David fled from Saul. See that in 1 Samuel 24. Uh, en Gedi was on the western shore of the Dead Sea. Now, um, you may have never had occasion to flee to a cave, uh, but no doubt each of us has known situations that are uh, dark or scary or overwhelming. Uh, and so uh, I encourage you to just uh, try to focus these next several minutes uh, on David's response to that situation. So uh, number one tonight, see this. David, uh, having found himself in an, his own dark, scary place, he cried out to the Lord. Uh, he cried out to the Lord. Uh, see this in verse one. Uh, David says... This is his testimony. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He says, with my voice unto the Lord did I make supplication. Now, we'll share a couple of cross-references with you and, and then look at a couple of words in, in just a little bit of detail. But uh, get, a, get this reference down, please. Psalm 28 and verse 2. There the psalmist says, hear the voice of my supplications. That's a prayer. When I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands, toward thy holy oracle. Uh, in Psalm 77, Asaph prayed, uh, God, I cry, he says, I cried unto God with my voice, uh, even unto God with my voice, 
he gave ear unto me. And what a great privilege uh, to know that God hears, that God, God, the creator of all things, he hears uh, our prayers. What a privilege. Boy, don't, uh, don't miss out on the, that privilege. In Psalm 141 and, and verse 1, David writes, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice, when I cry unto thee. David had an urgent and passionate desire uh, to come into the presence of God and, and, and for God to hear uh, his prayers as he cried out to them. And so we see David saying the same thing here in, in, our, in our verse, in, in verse one, he says, I cried. Uh, he says, I cried unto the Lord. Uh, this word I cried, it has the idea of calling out to someone but within the word, the underlying word has the idea of calling out to someone for the purpose of calling together. Uh, the word has been translated assemble or something like that. It's not, it, or, or calling people to assemble together. Yes, David is crying out to God and, uh, and he'll be crying out his prayer, but the underlying word has the idea of anticipating coming together, assembling together uh, with someone or with a group. Well, in this case, David is appearing, coming, or, or anticipating coming, uh, in a sense, into the presence of God, but uh, certainly he's anticipating that his prayers will come into the presence of God. And, and that is the idea here, perhaps. He's, he's, he's crying out about his needs and his circumstance, but that underlying word has the idea of, of this call to God to hear, to come into David's presence and to hear uh, his prayer. So that's, that's kind of a, a, a neat observation, a neat insight from uh, the underlying word. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. That's how you do it. Uh, of course, you can pray silently, but you can also cry out verbally, uh, vocally. He says, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my, and what's, what's that last word there, that S word, uh, supplication. Uh, David says, with my voice in the Lord, did I make my supplication? Uh, this, this word supplication, uh, we, we've, I guess we've tended to use it maybe a little bit too casually as just a, a generic reference for prayer. Uh, and it is a reference to prayer. If you can only remember that, that's fine. Uh, supplication is prayer. But the underlying word has the literal idea of bending down uh, or stooping down. Uh, it has the literal idea, or what's implied by that, is very humble prayer. David's not crying out, God, you better, you better hear my prayer. God, I'm your man. You, you better. It's not like that. He's not making a demand of God. He is humbly crying out to God, asking God to come into his presence, uh, asking God to hear his prayers. It's a wonderfully humble picture of bowing before the Lord, uh, the word supplication, uh, in, in, in not demanding, but asking God to hear wonderfully humbly. Now, remember this word supplication. We're using this as one of the S's in our description of the cycles through which God's people progress throughout the bulk of the book of Judges. You remember that. The people fall into sin, and, and then God will, uh, he will allow them to suffer chastening. Uh, and then after a time of chastening, they will cry out to the Lord, their, their supplication. Uh, they repent humbly before the Lord, and in response to that, the Lord will raise up a savior or a judge 
who delivers them from the consequences of their sin. Uh, that word supplication, again, it's prayer, yes, but it has the literal idea of a very humble, wonderfully humble prayer, not making demands of God, but humbly asking God to hear the prayer and to answer the prayer. By the way, humility implies submission. It implies yieldedness. When you bow your heart before God, you're not making demands. You are humbly asking God to hear and humbly asking God to answer in the way that is best from his perspective. And nobody has a better perspective of God. He sees everything from beginning to end. Uh, he knows everything. He's everywhere all the time. Uh, God knows what is best. So yes, in, the, in response to a overwhelming situation, David cries out to God, but he does so humbly. He makes his humble supplication. And then having called out for an audience with the Lord, uh, David prayers with, I'm sorry, he prays, that's it, he prays with certainty uh, that his prayer does indeed or will indeed come before the Lord. And he prays intensively. Look at verse 2. He says, I poured out my complaint, we'll talk about that word, before him. See that, before him. I showed before him my trouble, my trouble. So there's a few things here. First of all, see this phrase, I poured out. That, that is not mild language. That is not casual prayer. Uh, that, that word poured out, uh, picture something gushing forth with urgency, uh, spilling forth intensively. That is the idea of the underlying word. It's not just, his prayer's not just kind of trickling out there, there is a, a focus and an intensity uh, and, and a pouring forth of his heart out to God and a, and a complete pouring out, uh, an intensive spilling forth, uh, giving forth all that's in his heart, all that he needs. Uh, what, he says, my complaint. And we need to be careful with that word here. Uh, I understand today we understand complaining to mean uh, you know, some, some wrong heart. God, how could you let me uh, do this? God, this is wrong. How You're a good God. I'm your man. How could you allow me to get into a situation that feels overwhelming? It's not like that. Uh, this, this word is, is, is simply has the idea of prayer and is sometimes translated prayer. Uh, it isn't necessarily reflecting a wrong-heartedness uh, from David. Uh, and indeed, his use of the word supplication implies that. It's not an angry, prideful complaining. No, it's, it's a humble uh, but intense and urgent pouring forth of uh, his, uh, his prayer request, his prayer request, knowing and understanding that it's, it's coming before God. He has cried out, inviting and anticipating and urging God to come into his presence and to hear his prayer. And now he knows that God is hearing. He's, he's pouring out his prayer request before God. He says, I showed before him. He knows that God is hearing his prayer and that is an encouragement to him to just keep praying. Uh, I showed before him my trouble. Well, that word's also translated affliction or anguish or distress or, or tribulation. David's in a situation that feels overwhelming. That's a troubling thing. He's pouring it out to God. Write down this cross-reference, please, in Psalm 62 and verse 8. Psalm 62 and verse 8. The psalmist says, trust in him. Trust in the Lord at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. 
God is a refuge for us, say law. Stop there, pause, consider that. Meditate on that for a moment. May I read it again? This is a command from God written down for us and preserved for us because it is terribly important. We are commanded here in Psalm 62 and verse 8 to trust in him, to trust in the Lord at all times. Uh, do that. Pastor, I can't. Pray and ask God to help you do that. Get into his word and let him minister that faith and confidence and trust to you in your heart. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know from God's word that he's a trustworthy God and that he not only desires but commands that we pour out our heart to him. The God of, of all things, the creator of all things, God the highest, God the greatest, God the holiest, he's commanded us to pour out our hearts to him. Who are we to do that? Well, we're his people, and he loves us enough to desire to have us pour out our hearts too, not holding anything back, not capping off when we think, oh, God probably can't take it anymore. Uh, God's like, he's on the receiving end of a fire hose of prayer coming at me and from everyone else. He probably can't handle it. No, he can handle it. He's God. He's God. He can handle it. He's commanded us to be in the business of pouring out our hearts. Listen, we we too often, we remain overwhelmed and, and heart sick and downtrodden and anxious because we simply have not completely poured out our hearts to God. We're holding on to things that should be uh, not just kind of spilled casually to God when we get around to praying, but uh, poured out completely uh, to God from my heart to him knowing, as the psalmist says in Psalm 62 and verse 8, he is our refuge. He is our refuge. He's the place to which we are called to flee. He's the one that wants to hear and has commanded us uh, to tell him everything from our hearts. Get this reference down, please. Psalm 102 and verse 1. Psalm 102 and verse 1 has a real long title, an unusually long title. Uh, the title is this, a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and poureth out his complaint before the Lord. That's an unusually long title. A prayer of the afflicted <clears throat> when he is overwhelmed and poureth out his complaint before the Lord. That person here prays, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. That's what David is praying. God, I'm crying out. Hear my prayer. God, uh, let my cry come uh, unto thee. And, and David knows that God is hearing his prayer. And that's why he says, I prayed before him. And before him, I showed him my trouble and poured out my heart. He knows that his prayers are actually coming into the presence of God. What an amazing thing. Uh, what an amazing thing. I read recently about a group of scientists and um, uh, scientists and investors who assembled themselves together to try to develop solutions 
to the coronavirus situation, uh, trying to, to find what, not only solutions, but to find a way to pass those possibilities, those answers, those strategies into the White House so that they could be then put into effect if, in, if in fact, they were judged to be worthy of being put into effect. One of the challenges they had of, uh, they had was once they had ideas that they thought were excellent, they, they had a, a great deal of difficulty finding a way to get those answers to the people who could then respond to them. We don't have that kind of, of problem. Uh, we have, because of Christ, because of Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of God. We're commanded to do that and to pour out our hearts, to pour out our difficulties, not bringing the answers to him, but trusting him to respond with the answers for us. What an amazing, what an amazing privilege. Well, let's continue on to verse 3. Here we see David prayed with certainty that God understood his difficulty. Listen, when no one else understands, and, and I get it, sometimes it seems like no one else understands, uh, no other person understands. Listen, sometimes, sometimes that's a fact. No other person understands uh, other than God. God does understand. Here's David in verse 3. Uh, he says, when my spirit was what overwhelmed within me, uh, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, he's, he's, he's talking to God, he's praying to God, he says, then thou, Lord, thou knewest my path in the way wherein I walked uh, have they privily laid a snare for me. He's talking to God about his trial. Uh, he says, when my spirit was overwhelmed, that word overwhelmed is interesting. It has the, the literal idea of something being covered uh, or shrouded. Uh, it, it's been used in reference to the night covering the day or, or covering uh, covering. Um, the actions of men, uh, it, has, it, it can have that sense. But, but here's the, it has the idea of, of shrouding or covering uh, al almost uh, in, in a sense that might choke off your air. Uh, it, it, it has the idea of making faint or, or, or swooning. It has the idea of fainting or swooning. You've been, you've been overwhelmed. You've been covered and smothered to the point that you feel like you might pass out. The word has that literal idea. David says, my spirit, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, he says, then God, Lord, thou knewest my path. God, you knew, you understand, when no one else can, can possibly know or fully grasp just how desperate my situation feels, God, you know. David knew that God knew. David knew that God knew. And that's a great encouragement to prayer. What you can, maybe you've had the experience where you've tried to talk to someone about a difficulty and you just don't get the sense that they get it. Uh, they're hearing the words, but, but they haven't quite been there, so they can't exactly grasp just how distressed or overwhelming your situation is. They don't get it, and, and so you're not encouraged to continue talking to them or, or to go back to them despite their, their efforts to understand. You can flee to God knowing that he gets it 100%. Uh, he knowest our path. Uh, he knows, uh, in David's case, the enemies who privily laid a snare for him. He gets it. He knows it 100%. Now, so David prays. And having prayed, 
he found a wonderful refuge in the Lord, uh, a refuge from this emotional and spiritual turmoil, this, a refuge from the anxiety, the distress, the, the, the sense of feeling overwhelmed, uh, the, the tidal wave of difficulty, the tidal wave maybe of anxiety. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt the tidal wave of anxiety coming? And God knows what that's like, and you may know what that's like. And uh, David, having found refuge nowhere else, found a place to flee to, a way of escape from that turmoil emotionally and spiritually. He found it only in crying out to the Lord. That's what I see here. Verses four and five, he says this. He says, I looked on my right hand. I looked one way. He says, uh, and beheld, there was no man, uh, no man who would know me. No man who would know me. He says, refuge failed me. Refuge has the idea of a place to flee to or a way of escape from some difficulty. He says, you know what? I look this way, I look that way. There's no man to help me. Listen, sometimes there just isn't. Yes, we're called to be there for each other, uh, and we should be as much as we possibly can be. Uh, but sometimes there, there just isn't someone there who can help you uh, with this emotional turmoil or burden that you're in. Here's the thing. God is always there. He is always there. He always has been. He is today. He will always be there for us. He will always be a place to flee to. He will always be a, a way of escape from an overwhelming emotional uh, turmoil, a sense of feeling overwhelmed. He will always be our refuge. Uh, David David says, I looked on my right, behold, there was no man, verse 4, who would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. And his answer again is verse 5. He says, I cried. And uh, I, I'm surprised he doesn't say, and so. Uh, he says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge, the place that I can always flee to. Thou art my way of escape. God, I can always flee to you. Lord, thou art my refuge and my portion uh, in land of the living. Listen, you, you need to make this uh, a habit. When, when you feel yourself starting to get overwhelmed, when you feel uh, the, the difficulties of life, whatever they are creeping up to you in a, in a way that uh, it, it starts to feel overwhelming, Yes, it's good to talk to others about that, but it's best, uh, it's best to not leave out crying out to God for refuge. Say, Lord, thou art my refuge, my portion. That word is also translated inheritance. We've spoken about that uh, earlier today. I believe in both 1 Colossians and uh, Colossians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1, I mean to say. Uh, God is our refuge and he is our portion. By the way, he's a perfect refuge. He always has been. He is. He always will be uh, a place of safety and security, a way of escape for uh, his people. And we're not talking about escape or escapism in the worldly sense. You know, in the world, when people feel overwhelmed, they, uh, they escape into the things of the world. There's drugs. There's alcohol. There's pornography. Uh, there's all kinds of entertainment. Uh, that might provide a temporary escape, but in the end has no power 
to provide uh, permanent refuge from the thing that you were fleeing in the first place. Only God can do that. Uh, Only the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Uh, The things of the world can provide some small temporary relief, but they're not God's answer. God is the answer. He is the answer. He is the place to which we are called to flee when we start to feel overwhelmed. Now let's move on. And, and we're, we're just about done. We're, we're coming up on the end of, of the psalm, uh, the end of the prayer, verses 6 and 7 now. We see this, having been brought to a very low place in his life, uh, David prayed that God would deliver him. He says, God, I know you're my refuge. I know you're my safe place. I know that I can flee to you. But he didn't stop there. He prayed that God would, in fact, deliver him from the difficulty. And no doubt David is praying both for practical deliverance from a very real, very, very personal human enemy. Uh, this probably relates to when he was fleeing from Saul, who was a very real threat, not a made-up thing, not, not, not something that was just in his head, a very real, very practical threat. Uh, there was that. Uh, And there was also the emotional turmoil that David was experiencing in that situation as a result of that situation. So he says, he he cries out to God, knowing that God will hear. He he says, God, I know you're a safe place that I can flee to. And then he says, God, uh, I need you to deliver me. I, I need you to be the one who provides the answer. See, it's one thing to know that God is our refuge. It's one thing to know that you can you can flee there. It's another thing to actually uh, find refuge and, and, and to avail yourself of that and to find God's answer in that place. There's a difference between knowing, some, knowing how to find refuge from something and actually finding refuge. David says, God, I know that you're my, my refuge, my safe place, the place I can flee to, my, my way of escape. But he's, he then prays on the basis of what he knows. He says... In verse 6, Lord, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. And then this, deliver me, deliver me. He's praying specifically, God, uh, deliver me, uh, help me, be, be the answer. God, I'm fleeing to you. You're my place of refuge, but I need you to deliver me. He's acting upon what he knows. He's praying. He knows God is his refuge, his safe place, and then he's He's acting upon that and saying, God, deliver me from, our pers- from my persecutors. That's very specific. He says, for they are stronger than I. He says, bring my soul out of prison. Uh, bring me out of this place, this cave, safely. Uh, go back here to the beginning of verse 6. I want you to see the language here. David says, attend unto my cry. And then see this. See, see the strength of the language. He says, for I am brought very low, very low. Uh, we've talked in the Hebrew sometimes about how God will amplify uh, an idea. Sometimes he'll put an idea together, uh, two um, expressions of the same idea together in the Hebrew. So uh, in, in this case, it might be low, low, and that would be translated in English as very low. Well, the Hebrew here is even stronger and more intense than that. Uh, the Hebrew literally says low, very low. Uh, it's, it's really the strongest construction. It's the strongest language uh, that would be available to someone who was a Hebrew speaker. He says, God, attend to my cry, for I am brought 
very low, 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 very low. Uh, he's in a very difficult place. This is David. This is David. Uh, God understands that his people will find themselves at times uh, in very low places. God understands that difficult trials can bring us to a, a very low place in life, a, 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 a very deep valley, uh, not a, a place where you couldn't be any further removed from the mountaintop, the deepest of valleys. The language here is that kind of language. David has brought, been brought to an incredibly low place by the trial. You may understand that. You may understand that. You may uh, be in the midst of a, a very difficult trial now. Maybe it's something that's brought you to just about the lowest place that you, you can ever remember being. Or maybe you, you, you can think back about a very difficult time in your life where God allowed you to be brought to a place that was really lower than you had been before. You may know what I mean. If you don't, just take this in and be prepared for that place because God does allow trials that will take us there in order to teach us to cry out to him and rely upon him to really learn not just to know that God is a refuge intellectually, but to know it experientially and to truly learn to cry out to God and trust him and rely upon him to be a refuge like perhaps you've never had to count on him for before. God allows those places, those times. It's not out of his control. He allows it to teach us to cry out to him and rely upon him like we never have before. Now listen, if you've been there and, and you've cried out to God like never before and you discovered God's answer in response to crying out to him, I will bet you that that experience grew your trust in God, that it grew your faith in God. Remember this morning in, uh, in Ephesians 1, we saw, we saw Paul uh, being prompted to pray for people who had learned to be very faithful. They had a great faith, and out of that grew an obedient, great love uh, amongst uh, the people of the church. I have no doubt that those people that Paul was praying for uh, in the Ephesian church, their faith had been grown, no doubt, by great difficulties, no doubt by great trials. Uh, you, know, you know that you grow in the midst of difficulties. Uh, muscles grow physically stronger when you put them through the trial of lifting weights at the gym. I know the gym's closed now. It'll be open again. Uh, we grow spiritually the same way. When we're put through difficult trials, we grow. You don't really know what it means to trust God until you have to trust God when you have no other choice. This situation here, David in the cave, feeling overwhelmed, but brought to the, uh, a low, very low place, he really had no choice but to trust God. And right here in the, in the midst of this prayer, uh, he's learning to do that. Listen, we can learn to do the same. We can learn to do the same. I have no doubt that God, one of the reasons God has allowed uh, or brought this coronavirus pandemic uh, into play 
is to teach some of his people to trust him, to rely upon him like never before. I mean, really, not just words that we say that sound good, but where the rubber hits the road, really trusting God because you don't have any other choice. That's a desperate place to be, perhaps. It's an overwhelming place to be, perhaps, but that is a place where your faith can grow. That is the cutting edge of faith. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard place to be, but boy, if you will cry out to God and trust him and pour out your heart to him in that place, his answers will grow your faith. His sustaining you in response to your supplication will grow your faith. It'll grow your trust in the Lord. And boy, you will benefit greatly from that. Please, as, as we close now, don't miss this final thought. Uh, it's very interesting to me how God will uh, develop uh, recurring themes across multiple messages from multiple parts of the Bible all at the same time. And I continue to marvel at that. Uh, David is looking for a blessing from God. He's looking for a blessing of deliverance from difficulty. He's looking for everything that he needs practically, spiritually, emotionally in the midst of that low, very low place, uh, in the midst of being overwhelmed. And, and he's trusting God. He's counting on God to be his deliverer. And indeed, God will be his deliverer. But don't miss this. God has more than a practical purpose in all of that. Uh, at the end of verse 7, we see that David prayed for God's deliverance, recognizing that the blessing of deliverance would be an occasion or a prompt or a motivation to do what? If you listen to our recent messages, you'll not be surprised to hear that this would be a prompt to praise God, just like we've seen in the first half of the book of Ephesians, the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, are, are intended by God to be occasions or prompts to praise God. David understands that if God will deliver him, that will be an occasion or a prompt to get into the business of praising God for that. He says that in the second part of verse 7, that or so that I may praise thy name. That's the ultimate good that would come from this trial. God would allow David into a difficulty. Sure enough, if David will cry out to God, God will prove himself trustworthy to David. David's faith will grow because of that. That will be a great help to David. But if David will respond to that by praising God, that will be an incredible joyful, wonderful blessing for God. The greater purpose by far for God allowing this situation. God grows us in trials. He desires that we be grateful and thankful and that we praise him in response to that. Permit me to urge you tonight, to urge you, if you need to cry out to God, if you're in the midst of some overwhelming situation, do cry out to him and trust him for the answer. And as he brings forth his answer in your life, in his timing, may I ask you, may I encourage you to take up this phrase, praise his name 
for that answer. If you can look back and say, God, you grew me, you grew my trust at a time when I felt overwhelmed, praise him for that. If you can say, God, you grew my faith at a time that I felt overwhelmed, praise him for that. This is an occasion for worship. It's an occasion for gratitude, not just a casual, oh, I'm glad that God did that for me, and then move on about your business. No, it's an occasion to stop and praise and worship and thank and praise and worship and thank God. That'll please him, and that is why we are here. Let's stop there and pray, please. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for this short psalm. Uh, Lord, it, it's short, but it, it's, it's so rich and powerful. Uh, it's, uh, your words are so concentrated, Father, in terms of their uh, richness and power. I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, Lord, I thank you tonight for that truth. I thank you for the example that David is laying down here for us. Lord, just as we said this morning, I pray that your people will not soon forget what's been seen here, but rather that we would take this up and make this part of our personal prayer life. Lord, yes, crying out to you in the midst of overwhelming situations, uh, trusting you, trusting you to be our refuge, but not stopping when you answer the prayer, instead continuing forward to praise you and thank you for the answer, for the rescue for the place of refuge, for the deliverance from the difficulty, for the peace in place of emotional turmoil and feeling overwhelmed. Lord, we, we need tonight to be reminded, and I thank you for the reminder that we need to thank you and be grateful and praise you. And so, Lord, I do praise you tonight for being a God who has kept the people of this church safe uh, in, a, in a time of a global plague, a global pandemic. Uh, Lord, I, I don't know tonight uh, if some may be struggling emotionally. I know we, we're all tempted to. Father, if, if anyone is, if anyone is, anyone who is tonight, Lord, and no doubt there are some, I pray they would cry out to you even now. Lord, even now cry out to you uh, with a, a confidence from you that you will hear and that you will answer our prayer. Uh, Lord, give that person peace and comfort. Father, meet the practical needs that might be uh, tempting someone to anxiety. Lord, help that person to pour out their heart to you, even now at this very time. And Father, as you minister comfort uh, and grace and peace uh, and blessings that answer those needs, I pray that that person and each and every one of us would take care to praise you, to praise you, to thank you, uh, to tell others, to tell others even what you've done for us. Lord, I thank you tonight for the reminder of the necessity of crying out to you and thanking you for answers to prayer. You're a good God. Father, that's a great understatement. You're a great God. You're great beyond my comprehension. Lord, I thank you so very much for the privilege to know you. Thank you so very much for a Savior who died in my place. I most certainly do not deserve that. I am grateful. I praise you, Lord, for all the blessings that we know in Christ. Lord, I pray tonight and thank you for this church, my church family. 
Lord, I do know some people are hurting, and so I pray for them. I lift them up to you tonight. Pray that you'd continue to meet needs and that you would protect and that you would uh, bless in every way and that we would respond with praise and praise and praising you the way you've asked us to. Lord, I love you. I thank you tonight, and I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Zachary will come and close us. Uh, take your hymn sheet if you have them, if you've received them by email. Uh, we'll sing uh, 427 in the suite by and by. And certainly that's part of the great and, and certain hope that we looked at this morning. Uh, a certain hope, a certain hope of heaven and all the blessings and, and rewards and, and joy that we'll know uh, in heaven, in the sweet by and by. So, uh, Zach, come and sing that. Close us in prayer, if you would, please. Thank you. Let's do turn to number 427, the sweet by and by. We'll sing the first and the last of 427. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful Father above. We will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love and the blessings that hollow our days. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for being able to look into the psalm. And Lord, we do pray that when we do feel overwhelmed, that we would cry unto you. And we pray you just help us to apply this now in our personal lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.